Yeah, I'm thinking we'll we'll eat them Saturday after noonish because we yeah. might not want to Saturday night. No, and we I will not. <laughs> and I want to I want to enjoy the cake. So yeah, we'll do oh it, yeah, we'll do it. Like we Saturday could like do it like uh, for the lunch. Yeah, that'll be a lunch cake. Yeah, we could do a lunch at like one or two. <laughs> I have to remember to buy candles because I'll 100 oh, percent forget. Yeah, I need to do that. Agreed. Okay, well let's let's start. Hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome to Anyways, how's your sex life? We are your slutty hosts. I'm Channa. And I'm Corey. Welcome to episode 73. Bitch. It's a new format, y'all. So we told you new about format. it last time. New us. So we're switching shit up because Corey is moving in one week, in everybody. literally one week and two days. That's it. And then we say goodbye, have a Parks and Rec style goodbye. So, I throw myself off a cliff and that's yeah, the end of the podcast. that's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to be continuing and the podcast. And then I will share Chana's story in my spooky scoop of her <laughs> haunting that cliff. That's true, because I'll haunt the fuck out of Corey in the event that I Damn that it, I never fuck. did. If I die before Corey, it's almost a guarantee. Fuck. I will haunt the shit out of you. I'll kill myself just because I don't want to be scared. <laughs> You're like 90. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I'd be so scared of Simone, because Simone survives that long. Uh, if only. No, Simone could not survive. If I did, if I died, Simone oh, would true. quickly die. Simone would be like, fuck this She's world. like, mommy and Toulouse. She's like, yeet. <laughs> well, let's... uh. Let, do we have any announcements? We do. You want to? Oh, we do have announcements. So, we are doing our movie, the one movie of the one month. Hello, everybody. What um, movie of the one month? The the one July of July. So this one movie is gonna be uh, the Purge, the first Purge. Um, there were supposed to be. I actually haven't seen any of the purges, but I've always been wanting to see them. Me too. And the Purge is very July, like Fourth of July America, you know, focus centric. And boy, um, oh boy, do we love America. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> we were just talking about how I feel like I want to move <laughs> and get residency or uh, change my nationality. Corey, the newest German citizen. I know, right? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, speak Spanish. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, you're from America. I'm like, no, no, hablo inglés. Hablo español. I could just tell everybody that I'm Argenti- Argentinian. Sure. And they'll, they'll believe it. They'll believe it. I'm an Argentine. I'm Argentine. <laughs> whatever you say. Um, you know, they'll especially believe it since if you just say that exact sentence to them. Oh, you're but like, I'll just say, so do they are Argentina. You're just like, like oh, I'm okay. Argentine. I'm an Argentina. I'm, a, I'm an Argentinian. <laughs> no, but I won't say it in, in English. <laughs> so like Argentino. That's all I'd say. And uh, I get that. I know how to say it in Spanish because it's a lot straightforward and easier. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, what are we doing? What am I doing? Talking about the movie. Oh, movie. So we're doing The Purge. It's the first one that came out with Ethan Hunt. I believe Ethan Hunt's in it. So Ethan Hawke. Sorry, not Ethan Hunt. Always wanted to watch it. It is 4th of July themed, so to a point. And they always release the new Purges around 4th of July. Mm. Um, I think one of the the last one that's probably going to happen for a a few years or like five years before they like re, you know, renew it or whatever 
was supposed to come out this week, but it's going to come out next year because of COVID. Uh, so, yeah, we're just going to watch the first Purge because of that. Fun. Yes. All the movies are being pushed forward. Most importantly, everybody, The Conjuring 3 <gasps> I know. is pushed forward, in case you didn't know. Oh, and then second announcement, too, sad announcement, is for those of y'all who follow horror films, y'all probably already know that uh, Halloween Kills, which was the second Halloween movie, it was pushed back till next next year yeah. as well. So you guys will all have to wait another year to see our Ed and Lorraine yeah. costumes, which means, Corey, you can be attached to your beard for one more year. Yay. <laughs> so ne- next so fall. So all you fucking non-mask wearers, you fucking cunts, you, thanks a lot. you ruined Halloween. You ruined my life. Yeah. You ruined it for us. Yeah. It's fine. Fine. We're fine. We'll yeah. still carve pumpkins. I either That's true. I'll go up to Boise and carve pumpkins yeah. with your parents, or oh, yeah. you come down to Salt Lake, or both. We'll oh, figure both. it out. Both. No matter what, More I carving am, pumpkin time. I am decorating Chris and Kyle's houses here. I already got their Yay. confirmed yeses. Yes. So I'm good. I already have a game plan. Yeah, you'll in my be head. close because you'll be close this time. Yeah, I'll be approximately uh, two blocks away. Fuck <laughs> so yeah. I'll do like a cartwheel with my skeletons in You're hand. Like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like walking with fog machines <laughs> and great and like tombstones. <laughs> I'm like, hey, bitch. That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, that's uh, those are our announcements. That yes, and this so is our new format. So this is our new format. Our new format. Did you already say it? I said it two weeks ago. We'll remind everybody. Okay. So what we're gonna do? Are you go? I I talked. Okay. So basically, what <laughs> we're gonna do is instead of a an episode being a spooky scoop, fact of fact, a supernatural, and then a true crime story, what an episode's going to be is a spooky scoop and fact of fact, and then either a true crime or supernatural we're going to go back and forth so this episode 73 is going to be a supernatural segment yep whereas the next episode you're going to listen to next week 74 is a true crime yeah we'll go back and forth forever so the episodes are going to be shorter yeah probably unless we get real drunk you know you never know (laughs) but yeah but we're still going to try and keep the format of going back and forth going back and forth so that'll change the format overall between every other episode so like this episode because it's a supernatural segment that means i will have the main segment so that means that my faggot fact will go before the spooky scoop like normal yeah but then next week when chana when chana chana holy shit shit. one Corey's (laughs) moving in a week that was more me being drunk and slurring a little bit Corey's moving in a week Uh, and i already (laughs) forgot my name oh my god i'm like who are you are you Chan, China? <laughs> you like call me in two weeks. You're like, hey, Shauna. Hey, I'm Shana. like, it's over. <laughs> I'm like eight years down the drain, Corey. Well, um, so yeah, uh, next week when Chana has the uh, main segment, she does her true crime segment, she'll start off and do her spooky scoop and then I'll do my faggot fact. So we can keep it like off and on. You know, we can keep that alternation like volleying of topics. It's going to be cute. Yeah. And like I said before, if you have any feedback, let us know. But we, this is the yeah. format we're going to try to stick with um, just because it's going to be easier with us recording s- with such huge distance. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. we'll be in different states. Yeah. So we got to make well, this and a little like, bit easier And, like, we won't be in the same job anymore, so we'll have different, like, things going on and stuff. Okay, so without further ado. Let's get started. Let's get to my afagado, afacto. Yes. Okay, so mine today is on Friedrich Wilhelm von Steuben. Yes. Yes. That's Bar- a- Baron. Friedrich Wilhelm von Steuben. That's a goddamn name. That's a yeah, vampire bitch. name. Yeah, that's a fucking vampire This name. is a gay vampire. <laughs> it is a gay vampire. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Okay. So three years into the Revolutionary War, a man by the name of Baron Friedrich von Steuben, who was a Prussian military man, was hired by Benjamin Franklin and George Washington um, to whip the Continental Army into shape during its darkest of times. 
Um, with his strict drills, strong presence, and eye for military strategy, he helped turn them into a military powerhouse, turning Oof. the tide of the war and basically becoming the founder of the American professional army. Damn. So why am I bringing him up? Well, he there gay. is a lot of facts. <laughs> <laughs> because he's Chana, gay. Chana has the short answer. <laughs> he gay. <laughs> I have the longer answer. Well, there is considerable, like, there are considerable accounts and facts of him being gay. And with this, historians totally think he's gay. Yeah. Um, and there is evidence that while on top of him being gay, he also was openly gay, serving as a military man. During a time that having sex with a man was a, a, a punishment, was a crime. You would go to jail and you could die in places. You still Jesus. can be killed in places today um, in, in certain countries. Oof. So let's go uh, to his life. So in his early life, Baron von Steuben was born in the fortress town of Magdeburg, Germany. Yes. On hey, September. What? you're really, your German's coming along, Corey. Oh, you're going to fit in really well in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jenna. I stayed up all night trying to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> I even went online and like looked at how to pronounce it correctly. No, I didn't. <laughs> you like go to Germany. You like say that word. You're like, hello. Magdeburg. <laughs> <laughs> They're like. Go back home, yeah, like, Go back home, you fucking slut. <laughs> uh, so on September 17th of 1730, he was born there. Um, I mentioned that it's a fortress town because you can see, like, throughout his life, military, military, military is just all throughout his life. Um, he was born this, to a son of a royal Prussian engineer captain by the name of Baron Wilhelm von Steuben and his wife, Elizabeth von uh, Jagvedin. Yes. Um, at a young age, he left with his dad to serve the Empress Anna of Russia. And it is said that at the age of 14, he served his uh, as a volunteer with his father in one of the campaigns of the War of the Austrian Succession, whatever the fuck that is. Wow. I did not have time to go off on a side tangent of that. So my history paces are off. History paces are not on because I did not want to go on a side quest <laughs> about They're, the I'm Austrian like, I am Succession. Them, They're like in the room, but yeah. not, not on. <laughs> They're like up hanging to dry. Yeah, because they're <laughs> so wet time. last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, he then joined the military when he was 17 and then quickly became Friedrich the Great, which we're putting our pasties on really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, ruled Prussia from 1740 to 1786. So he's a really important dude. Um, so he became Friedrich the Great's personal aide. And Ooh. despite this promising career, he was abruptly dismissed in 1763. Um, later in life, he wrote about a quote-unquote implacable enemy who had apparently led to his firing. But historian, historians are unsure about the exact circumstances of his dismissal, but they believe this connection of the quote-unquote implacable enemy means his homosexuality. I was, yeah. Um, after sense. being fired, von Steuben bounced from job to job. And then he finds Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, because, you know, he spent a lot of his time in Paris. So mm. he's over in Europe doing shit. And asked him, hey, do you want to volunteer to help the American army? Because I know you, you're like you're a really great military man and you quickly became Friedrich the Great's like right hand man, personal aide during battle and shit. Like, would you like to come help us? So he turns them down and then tries to get tries to get other military jobs wherever he was. And his application was uh, immediately like, no, you can't because we heard that like this shit's going on with you. Mm -hmm. So what happened is his application was specifically tanked when an anonymous letter accused him of having, quote unquote, taken familiarities with young boys. Oh. So young boys leads to pedophilia. Uh, so there's a historian by the name of William E. Benin Benjamin. 
uh, who notes that there vitamin. is no history. Sorry? Vitamin. Because his last name sounds like how Lana says vitamin. Oh, vitamin, vitamin. It's Benamin. Sorry, Benamin. There's no historical evidence that von Steuben was a pedophile, but he was gay and homosexuality was viewed as a criminal aberration of, of, by many of his peers. Rather than stay and provide a defense, or rather than call upon his friends to vouch for his reputation, von Steuben chose to flee his homeland and join with Benjamin. That's uh, th- Those were not my words. That was wiki, that last little paragraph that I read. So um, it is widely known and accepted that Franklin, and, both Franklin and George, uh, George Washington did know about this and the fact that he was a gay and accused of being homosexual, and that's mm-hmm. why he could not get military jobs in Europe. But they didn't really care. Um, there's some evidence of Franklin just being like, I don't give a fuck. He was a cool dude, so we needed him to fight the Revolutionary War, and cool. we were desperate, so we did. Um, so he was assigned to a camp and assigned to this guy by the name of Alexander Hamilton and John Lawrence, both of whom were involved in what some historians have dubbed as a romantic friendship. So it's not the Alexander Hamilton that you know of. (laughs) Mm. Okay. So when von Steuben arrived in the camp, he was appalled by the conditions the soldiers had been uh, fighting under and immediately set to work drilling soldiers with strict Prussian techniques. He was a strict drill master. But he also socialized with the troops. And one of his aides, Pierre Etienne Dupontier, um, recalls a particularly wild party that was given at Valley Forge. Yes, homo. <laughs> like, when I read this, I was like, God damn gays. We like, there is a stereotype and it is accurate. <laughs> um, so this is a direct quote from the, this is a historical quote about the party given at Valley Forge. It's from Pierre or whatever. He says, his aides invited a number of young officers to dine at our quarters on condition that none should be admitted that had on a whole pair of breeches. The men dined in torn clothing and at most, and some dined in no clothing at all. Wow, the military's (laughs) fucking gay. Damn, I wish I was, yeah, the military was cool. (laughs) He also became close to a guy by the name of William North and another guy by the name of Benjamin Walker. These guys, these two guys are important. Um, They became aides de camp. I don't know what that fucking means. I didn't have time to look that up. History um, paces off. Yep. Who seemed to have been involved in their own romantic relationship and lived with them for two years in camp. So I think they literally became a thruple. Um, so I got this. I got this information of the story from uh, Carl. Uh, Carl mentioned about uh, mentioned to me about this guy. So I was like, um, that sounds fucking cool. I'm gonna do a fucking whole fact fact on yeah, him. Thruple. Yeah, thruple. Yeah. So um, they lived together and basically had a a, a thruple in the middle of the military, and w- they were sexually involved with each other. Although it is, they do have specific evidence that he was sexually involved with North, but not if they were with Walker. But Walker was definitely involved. Yeah. He at least liked to watch. Yeah. So while this happened, while all this gay shit was going on, <laughs> Steuben, uh, the guy we're talking about, Baron von Steuben, was also focused on making history. Um, while he was uh, being gay and doing shit, uh, he was an, the inspector general and he taught the army more efficient fighting techniques and helped instill the discipline that they sorely needed at this time and his his efficiency and his drills uh, Oof, worked yes. um he m- wrote a new drill manual for the con- or for the uh army that is still partially used today Wh- like Whoa. when you do practices in the army. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The drill master quickly became one of Washington's most trusted advisors, eventually serving as his chief of staff. And he is now considered instrumental 
in helping the Americans win the Revolutionary War. That is so While cool. he's openly having gay-ass parties and fucking... Like, I've heard of Valley Forge from... That's- I don't like maybe there's a big battle there probably is I don't remember anymore. <laughs> my my sister's like you bitch. <laughs> All you can think about is gay stuff, Corey. <laughs> um. So when the war ended, Baron von Steuben was granted U.S. citizenship and moved to New York um, with North and Walker. Oh yeah. Um, we love him, North Walker wrote, and he deserves it for he loves us tenderly. Aww. After the war, von Steuben legally adopted both of them, which is a common practice yeah. that we know, especially from talking about Rayard, uh, Bayard Rustin, what that people or that gays and homosexuals would do um, before uh, marriage. you could do marriage or civil unions and stuff. So they all lived together when they died in, before he died in 1794. Uh, John Mulligan, who was also gay and who was also Steuben's secretary, secretary, there's evidence of him having a relationship with the Baron at the same time. So when Baron died, John Mulligan uh, inherited his library and some money as well. So these other two, these two guys in the thruple got most of his stuff, and then this guy got his library and some money. Cool. So fun. So uh, last little tidbit is that today there is a statue erected oh. in erected. Yes. <laughs> In Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. That's what uh, Carl was telling me about. The statue was ca- uh, cast in 1909 and finished in 1910 at the cost of $50,000, which is a lot um, for 1909, I'm sure. The bronze statue is so basically it is depicted of him like all dressed up and looking all cool in a Continental Army uniform with a sash, boots, tricorn hat and cape looking all piratey. Cool. Like, you know, in attention looking out above people. He's supposed to be looking into the distance, inspecting the Continental Army soldiers. That's the whole story of him looking out and being all attentive. It sits atop a square pink granite base because he's fucking gay. Cute. And on each side, there is a statue of two uh, naked men. And then on the other side, there's a t- statue of two women. The men are supposed to uh, represent military and strategy and stuff like that. And then the women are supposed to represent, symbolize uh, commemoration. <laughs> I, I, th- I feel like a statue, you know, symbolizes that. <laughs> but but, but that's you know, what the two just women in case. <laughs> just in case it wasn't clear. <laughs> just in case you weren't clear. What can I type in to look at this statue? Uh, Friedrich, or uh, 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 type in Baron von Steuben, S-T-E-U-B-E-N. Um, so yeah, if you look at the guys specifically, it's very homoerotic. They are both unclothed, um, and one literally has a like Greek helmet on, who's sitting down, and he's the older one. And then you have, and and then there's a, a like hot younger dude who's naked and like chiseled, who has a sword and is holding a sword, but the sword goes down and is like held basically where the dick would be, yes. and it goes down and it hangs down and it rests on the inner thigh of the older man, and Ooh. the older man is touching it. We get so it, you're it's gay. Ve- no, it's very like <laughs> sensual and stuff like that. And before I read up on this, Carl told talked to me about it and was like, yeah, I think like the the statue. Um, or the sorry, the statue maker, lol, the sculptor, um, <laughs> <laughs> the sculptor like purposefully made it gay or something. I don't, I couldn't find anything about that, but it's very, it's very provocative. Um, so yes. yeah, that is Baron uh, von Steuben, or Friedrich Wilhelm uh, von Steuben, who is Baron. Yes, Daddy. So yeah, fuck yeah. So if you are in, if you're in the army or in the military, and you're a homophobe, and you listen to this podcast for some weird ass reason, hi. Just know <laughs> that every day when you do your drills, a fucking faggot made it. Boom. So fuck you. Yeah. If you're a homo. So yes, homo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, well, for my spooky scoop, I have a true crime update. <laughs> we should make jingles. <laughs> We're so good. So I'm sure most of you guys have heard. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. But the Golden State Killer pled guilty to 13 murders and charged of kidnapping in addition to 161 uncharged crimes Jesus. of rape, attempted murder, robbery, burglary, and kidnapping involving 61 victims. There were 42 charges of rape that weren't prosecuted because the statute of limitations had expired. Mm. But pretty much anything that like wasn't expired, they got them for. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not going to go into any more detail about this. I'm just going to like get you a little wet with dread because episode 75 and 76 will be all about the Golden State Killer because we're doing combined episodes. So get ready for that. Get ready, bitches. Now, on that note, I want us to take a quiz because I'm getting yes. excited to talk about a serial killer because I haven't talked about a serial killer in a long in a time. Even, even Colton it up. So we are taking a quiz, which is which famous serial killer are you? <sighs> And this quiz you can find on crimemuseum.org slash crime-library slash quizzes-trivia-riddles slash witch-famous-serial-killer-r-u. So, yeah. Or just type in which famous serial killer are you and, like, it's the crimemuseum.org one. Yay. So there's a couple questions. I don't remember how many, um, but we'll just do what we normally do, go back and forth. We read the, the question yeah, out loud. let's do it. So let's fucking get started. Let's figure out who we fucking would be. Okay. I'll read the first one. Pick a city. The options are Los Angeles, New Orleans, Seattle, Chicago, New York, New Orleans. or Miami. New Orleans. Thank you. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. So which which one would you choose? I was judging. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take it back. It's okay. I think I would choose Los Angeles because I'm from um, Los Angeles. Am I, my, my shit's still loaded in two seconds. Are you on my internet? My mm-hmm. my five G, it's in crime museum, right? Yes. Okay, let's start. Okay, pick a city: Los Angeles, New Orleans, Chicago, New York, Miami, Seattle. I'm gonna do New Orleans. If I was a serial killer, go New Orleans. Ooh. Now, what's your favorite season? Spring, summer, winter, fall. Fall. Me too. Hi, Simone. What do you want for dinner? Everything that is listed. Yes. There's pizza, salad, pasta, sushi, shrimp gumbo, hot dog, (laughs) a hot dog, a very rare steak or chicken. I want sushi. I'm going to go with pasta. Hi, Simone. How would you kill your victims? Fuck. Yeah, how would you kill your victims? Strangling, bludgeoning, stabbing, or shooting? I would stab. I've always known. Ever since I I'd first stab. got into to true crime, yeah. I knew it had to be stabbing because it's yeah. so intimate. Yeah. And if and I if I was gonna kill someone, if I was gonna be a serial killer, here's my logic: yeah. I want to feel every possible Strangling, experience though, is, is more intimate. Than but stabbing. I'm not strong enough to strangle. That's true. And like I feel like they can fight back. Where if you're stabbing someone, like they they get they go into shock pretty fast. Yeah. Me. Like yeah, I want the. Int- I don't want to shoot. That's stupid. That's stupid. If you're gonna be a serial killer, why would you shoot someone? <laughs> That's the ass what bitch. are you? Just like a fucking standard American? Like make this fascinating. Yeah. Spice it um, up. I but strangling is too intimate, so I could do stabbing. Yeah. yeah. But bludgeoning is like, I don't know. Like that just sounds. <laughs> Jordan just texts me. What the fuck? 
I don't know, like yeah, I, I would stab. I just killer. do stabbing. It's a lot. It's a lot more fun. It's I a like, lot more fun. I like Michael Myers. Shit. Yeah, yeah I love that play shit. some cool music. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's it's more like when I imagine Ooh, a serial killer, I imagine stabbing. Okay, my turn. Yes. Okay, so pick a college major. We have pre-law, music, business, religious studies, Ooh. gender and sexuality studies, history, and political science. See, this is where I'm torn. I am torn between business and gender and sexuality studies. Because I think if I if I went to college right now, the smart move for me would be business. Yeah. But I would be I would be more interested in doing gender and sexuality studies. So I'm torn. I could can I can I do double major? (laughs) Please. You can't. You're too busy killing people. I'm too busy being a serial killer. (laughs) Fuck. Um, I'm gonna probably go with I'm. I want to do political science or history, but I think I'll choose history. I think that's what I would do. Out I of think these. I'm going to choose gender and sexuality studies because I'm already doing what I would be doing if I had a business degree. Got it. So, and gender and sexuality studies is just more to enlighten me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is your best quality? Bye, Simone. Bye, Simone. My intelligence, my charming personality, my passion, my leadership skills, or my free spirit? I'm going to go with. My personality is probably my best quality. You have a great personality. Thanks. So. Um, I would do that one or intelligence. I'm gonna do intelligence. Yes. Okay, you just won the lottery. Yeah. What are you going to do with the money? Uh, pay off your student loans. Go on my dream vacation. Buy a lavish new home. Share it with my friends. Buy a new car. Invest it or l- live off it for the rest of my life. I'm boring. I would invest it. You would invest it? Oh, I yeah. like I don't like any of these answers. But they're all valid so answers. So I would just say I would immediately pay off my student loans. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the first thing I would do. So I oh. would invest it. I would buy a couple Google stocks and Amazon stocks and nice. Apple stocks and call it good. Watch my money just and Tesla stocks? Yeah, a couple Tesla stocks yeah. here and there. Yeah. Invest it. You have my money, Elon Musk. Is it my turn or your turn? I already forget. Mm, I'll, I'll go. Okay. Pick a decade. 1980s, 1960s, 1990s, oh, 1830s, fuck. or 1970s. Bothers me that that was not in order, but that's fine. Oh, my God. Which one do I want to do? I'm obviously choosing the 70s. The 70s yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> I would absolutely love to be. New a, Orleans? Be around in a New Orleans disco in the time. 1970s or the 1990s? That could be fun, but I'm choosing the 70s. <laughs> I'm choosing the 70s. Because I could get away with it. <laughs> yeah, because the 70s, because you can do a fuckload of coke, I mean, I guess listen all to those ABBA. Except for the 90s, it would be really hard to get away from it. The 1830s, piece of cake. Yeah, piece of cake. God damn <laughs> Done. it. <laughs> Anyone could have been a serial killer in yeah, the 1830s. Yeah, that was just vampire. You're just a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just a witch down the road, but yeah, what ifs? Everyone Christ. else is too. <laughs> okay, if you were arrested for murder, you would plead not guilty, but eventually confess. Plead guilty, but try to get an insanity defense. Flee the country and risk greater punishment. Mm. Pl- <laughs> I do like that one. That's I like an that interesting... one. That goes with how I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> Plead guilty, but claim self-defense. You nope, that's, that's a weak argument that's for serial weak. killer. Don't even do that. Like if you're gonna kill somebody, don't don't do that. See, if you're a serial killer, you're smart, and you know that that would not pan and, out. And anyway. that's just stupid. You're stupid and you're weak. Someone's like, damn, because I'm not choosing that fucking answer. <laughs> Plead not guilty by reason of insanity. That's chill. Plead not guilty or plead guilty. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, because you'd be proud also, because that's also Ooh. a serial killer thing. 
I know would myself. Flee the country and risk greater punishment. And I would plead that's so fucking cool. <laughs> I would plead not guilty, but totally end up confessing because yeah. I'm a talker. <laughs> so I'm like, I didn't do it, but if I did, this is what I would have done. I would. I think in reality, I would. I would. I would plead guilty and try and get insanity defense. But you could but easily flee the country with I, your. Yeah, yeah. I just feel line. really right now. <laughs> I'm like mom hey so i need an urgent flight also i'm changing my name and you can never contact me ever again bye, <laughs> bye. you're like it's fine it's the 1970s <laughs> i'm doing that i feed the country <laughs> if you killed someone what would you Ooh, do with the body there are far too few decisions here. right i want like 10 because there's at least 10 decisions to make with the body yeah first option though dump it far away from my home nice Second, cut it up and hide the pieces in my home. No, I could not. My psyche could not. Yeah. Three, hide it in my home. No. Or four, just leave it at the crime scene. Oh, fuck. I'm going to dump that shit as far away from around as possible. (laughs) I think I'm I'm going to a different country and dumping that fucking body. I'm going to do it like Ted Bundy style and like drive through Utah, kill people, then go back to Washington and kick it for a day. Fuck that shit. I'm not leaving it at the crime scene. No. Okay. Calculating results. Ooh. Here we go. Drum roll. You go first. Uh oh, I got the New Orleans girl. Delphine Lalori. I don't know. That's the girl who tortured and killed uh oh all the slaves in oh, the 1800s. Oh, American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lalori was never arrested and likely fled to Paris. Oh my God! So I chose New Orleans, and then I fled. I fled that to a different country. That is so fun. New You're Orleans a bad mansion person. is still standing and has, has a historic landmark. Landmark. It's considered one of the most haunted homes in North America. Cool. I like that. Other than the whole slaves thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Except Obviously. like her whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Except like her whole entire circular vibe. <laughs> I like the fact that she's in New Orleans and created one of the most haunted homes, and then fled. Yeah, and she was played by Kathy Bates, Kathy American Bates. Horror I can Story. Be played by Kathy Bates. Aww. Oh my god! Well, I got. Who'd you get? My someone that just won't leave me the fuck alone right now. Good old Charlie Manson. Charlie everybody. Manson, you got him. Ah, that's he hilarious. Can, he just refuses to leave me alone. I am now convinced at this point that he's haunting me. But it's fine. You know, I'd totally be a Manson girl. So what else? It says. You got Charles Manson. In the late 1960s, Manson led a commune known as the Manson Fam and a murder spree in the California desert. Manson believed that there would be an apocalyptic war of the races known as Helter Skelter, the name of which was taken by a song from the Beatles. Manson was convicted of murder and conspiracy to commit murder in 71 and was sentenced to death. And then it just goes on Damn. talking about his time in jail. When did he die, when did he die again? Um, he died a couple years ago. A couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, which I'm really bummed about because I wanted to write him. Because I was, like, really interested in talking. Because, like, what? You said, like, we're doing a podcast. Can you, like, send us some shit? No, this is when I was in high school. Because I, you know, there are so many serial killers that we know about. Oh, yeah. You just can't talk to any of them anymore. Because most of them are dead. Yeah. But the fact that you, I had the opportunity. This is, like, the modern day tragedy. Yeah, so sad. But the fact that I had an opportunity. Fuck systemic racism. Fuck all. (laughs) But, like, I could have, like, if I had a chance to write a letter to Ted Bundy, I totally would. Just out of pure morbid curiosity. I would have to. So, yeah, I missed my opportunity to to sex it up with Charlie Manson. Bummer. But he's following me everywhere. I'm officially spooked. Please, God, leave me alone. Love it. That is my spooky scoop. Okay, well, let's go on to my Supernatural segment. Yay! Okay, so mine today. So this is sort of a follow-up from doing the Boogeyman because I'm focusing on the mostly uh, Latin American Boogeyman known as 
El Coco. Literally, the video is just like them dancing and then him dressed up as a devil. Oh my god, like that's this. fun! Ooh, no, no wonder you're drinking tequila tonight. <laughs> oh, and I'm drinking tequila, y'all. I'm like three shots of tequila, dude. Okay, so. That was um, fun. That song, I actually didn't. I did notice when that song came out because it was just like all over the place in Chile when it came out. So, yeah, that happened. Okay, so. Question then. Yeah. So, did you hear about this? I didn't. I didn't hear about El Coco. Bummer. No, I didn't. Um, so, El Coco, or sometimes referred to as Cuca or Cucu, um, et cetera, um, is also known as El Viejo del, Sac- del Saco, or AKA El Sacoman. Um, is a mythic entity like the boogeyman that is told in parts of Portugal and Brazil and most uh, Hispanic cunt- or cultures by adults to scare children into beha- behaving out of the fear that El Coco will come to take them away and eat them uh, if they misbehave. So through his variations, El Coco will eat the kid on the spot, take them away to skin them and cook them alive, or just take them away to beat them or even quote-unquote spirit the child away Whoa! <laughs> to a place of misery and no return. So it sort of like shows up at the middle of the night and it just like takes your ghost or like takes your spirit away and then basically throws you into like a purgatory. Bitch, what the fuck? Yeah, that, that one's the most scary. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, how do you fight against that? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you I'm don't. not even also projecting. I'm minding my damn business yeah. sleeping in my room. I'm just being a bratty child yeah. and he's going to take my spirit away. Like, I just flipped off my mom and like now suddenly I'm you like, fuck me. <laughs> El Coco is described as always on the watch for bad children as he scurries over the rooftops or takes the form of shadowy corners or hides under the beds or in closets or in some cases will even represent the deceased of the local community who come back to keep people in line. So usually it'll just be a traditional boogeyman, but sometimes El Coco can be like, hey, like El Coco is a basically an entity of our dead ancestors or the neighborhoods or cities or towns dead ancestors that are like here to keep, you know, the hmm. the kids in line or the like new generation, young generation in line. Um, he has been portrayed as a hairy wolf-like humanoid creature, not a werewolf, but sort of like that physically, but not with like the lore of werewolf stuff. Um, also, he's a, a sinister cloaked figure, sort of like the Ringwraiths, um, or a headless human carrying a skull or jack-o'-lantern-like head. Um, he's also can be a sinister shadow with red eyes or even a shapeless or shape-shifting malevolent being. The word coco, fun fact, derives from the Galician and Portuguese coco, which is their word for coconut. Colloquially, this was used to refer to as their head, as to the head and also can mean skull. And this is how we get the word coconut. Oh. Yeah, that's how we have coconut. Um, so Cute. Uh, when I said Galician, uh, Galician refers to the north. So if you know you look at the Iberian Peninsula, you have Spain. Mm-hmm. And then you have Portugal. Mm-hmm. Well, Portugal doesn't go all the way up the western side of Spain. There's still a little spot um, of, of land that's Spain. Uh-huh. Um, that is Galicia. Oh. So it's like if Portugal went all the way up and cut off that part of Spain, that part is Galicia. Galicia sounds like a Lord of the Rings name. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> I am Galicia. Um, I'm like, yes. I'm glad you're And, and I believe that today is a like state, a quote unquote state or providence of Spain. <clears throat> nice. So let's go over the origins of El Coco. Yes, Daddy. So even though El Coco is usually thought of as a like you know 
Latin American boogeyman and stuff like that. It's uh, historically the myth originated in Portugal and modern day Galicia, which I just explained. Uh, there, the first written records of what would become El Coco, sort of a proto El Coco, um, is found in a book from Portugal dating to the year tw- 1274. Uh, called Book Three of Grants of King Alfonso the Third. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so this shit old. In it, El Coco is referred to as La Coca, and is described as an evil sea creature. There are other sources from hundreds of years ago in the Iberian Peninsula, over like dotting the Iberian Peninsula, describing La Coca as a large semi-aquatic reptile with spikes and a shell like a gigantic turtle. Uh, La La Cuca, uh, La Cuca Fera was described this way and survived on a daily diet of three cats and three bad children. Ooh. <laughs> um, these uh, variant ancestors of El Coco are seen today in surviving medieval celebrations that are still practiced in the Iberian Peninsula. Like you can literally go watch these um, in different uh, parts, specifically in Portugal and in Galicia. There's this one that has to deal with St. George and, uh, and a, a dragon referred to as St. Coca. And it's, it's like, it's, I don't forget what it's titled, but it's a like basically Catholic sort of thing that is like the celebration of Corpus Christi. I don't even know um, that it sort of t- basically you can go watch it and it's like a bullfight, but it's not a bullfight. Mm. Um, you basically watch a dude dressed up as a knight on top of a horse and he represents St. George. And then somebody is dressed up in or is in like a mechanism that's like a dragon Ooh, and, and that's on like cool. a cart that runs around. And, you, and what happens is they do this every year and the guy dressed up as St. George has to cut the ear off of the dragon. Um, and while the people in the dragon in the mechanism have to scare the horse enough to, so the horse spooks away and Whoa. like doesn't want to get closer. So whichever happens first, that means like that person won. Um, like yeah, that person won, which has like fortuitous or unfortunate uh, meanings for the next year. Ooh, like it's kind so, of like the uh, the the groundhog singing shadow. <laughs> yeah, some stuff like that. Yeah, um, there are I think there's specifically three label or three noted other than this one that were talked about. So you can still go to like uh, Portugal or Spain and, and then see one of these things that's that have cool. La Coca represented in them. Um, there's also one that's a part of the celebrations for the Holy Week called Procesio uh, Dos Pasos. Uh, there's a hooded man who heads a proce- procession that announces the death of Christ. Um, this man was either called Coca or Fericoca, and the word Coca was also used to describe the hood that the man wore. This sort of is sort of a proto example of how El Coco can be described as a hooded figure, like a mm. dark hooded figure, um, and that brings death because La Coca, uh, the Coca, was a guy who was a hooded a hooded guy that in the like reenactment of the death of Christ would announce the death of Christ. Also in Portugal, there. Uh, there's hooded people that were called uh, called the Farticoca as well that were responsible for gathering the remains of people who were recently executed. And they also, this is also suspected of how El Coco became to be a hooded dark figure that represents death. So those are like basically the most proto examples that I could find of El Coco and how it, but I don't know exactly how it turned into El Coco. But um, I'll get into it in just a second. So starting in the 15th century, there was also a fun little fact. There was a ha- uh, they would hollow out vegetables um, and carve a sp- scary face into them that represented El Coco. And this is in the Iberian Peninsula, not in Scotland and uh, not in Scotland and Ireland. 
However, Ooh, I did see everybody. history because history pasties are on. If you didn't realize, okay, <laughs> they're off the the soaking wet oh, hangers. Yeah, they're, they're damp. Off the soaking they're wet on. Hangers. They're damp, but they're they feel good. Um, however, I didn't I didn't want to dive deep into this, but I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, why are they doing the same thing? That there's like a Scottish and Irish uh, yeah. origins of this. Well. Um, there is a big Celtic connection between, uh, like, obviously where the Celts are, the, the uh, where the Celts are from. Yeah. Um, and they also went down to the Iberian Peninsula and, uh, like, basically colonized there to a point. Not oh. colonized, I guess you could say, because it wasn't part of like the colonial period. So that makes sense, though. Um, so they heard about some of these traditions. Yeah. So maybe that, that tradition down. came from there and then uh, migrated down to the Iberian Peninsula because there is a good amount of Celtic blood. That's cool. In, mixed with that, uh, mixed in the Iberian peoples of the Iberian Peninsula during that time. And you know what? Happy Halloween, everybody. Ha- fucking happy Halloween. It all always circles back to motherfucking Halloween. <laughs> so yeah, they would carve it out of. Uh, Basically, uh, they would do it out of coconuts as well, um, and they would also do it out of wood or clay, um, and it would represent something that they would call el coco. I want to see a jack-o'-lantern made out of a coconut. That sounds so yeah. fucking cute to me. Um, so even more history time, and then I think we'll get back more into fun lore stuff. So this is how it sort of transitions from these proto uh, things that are happening into what we know as like El Coco in Latin America. So the Portuguese legend is presumed to have then migrated to Latin America in the late 1500s during what has been called by historians as the Union of the Crowns. So this is a real historical event, which is between 1580 and 1640, Spain and Portugal were united under the Habsburg Spanish kings. This didn't just unite the continental Portugal and Spain, but also the overseas empires. You can see where I'm getting this. The colony of New Spain, which is basically the Caribbean, Florida, you know, all of Mexico and what Mexico was before the U.S. uh, took it and bought it um, and stuff like that. Like, so basically, you know, two thirds of the Americas. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the colony of New Spain saw much Portuguese immigration during this period, and early versions of El Coco legend probably migrated along with the new passengers from Portugal and from Galicia. So like legends do, the Portuguese Coco slowly changed to meet local con- uh, local like customs as it spread throughout Latin America, adopting into it, uh, adopting into what we know today, you know, as El Coco. So let's get on, uh, let's get on to some like more modern day or like at least close to modern day uh, representations of El Coco. Yes. So the oldest known rhyme about El Coco originated in the 17th century and goes like this. Duermete niño, duermete ya, que viene El Coco y te comerá. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so it says uh, like go to sleep child, go to sleep like now or else El Coco will come and eat you. <laughs> Good night, mom. <laughs> she like blows up the candle, walks out. I'm like. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn. I didn't understand a word, but I felt it. But I fucking felt it. Um, so there are also Brazilian and Portuguese lullabies from the late 19th century. Um, but I didn't really, like, they, I didn't want to say them because they're on Portuguese, so I can't mm. really say them. But there's also a painting, a famous painting by Goya. You know, he did the whole, like, Saturn eating his children you know, where it's like that dark one with the guy with the gaunt face where he's tearing okay, apart yeah, the yeah. head. Yeah, that's Goya. He does dark shit. It's really yes. cool. I actually love Goya stuff. Yes, daddy. Um, so he actually did called Que Viene El Coco, and it's a painting that depicts a cloaked and menacing figure appearing to a mother who is holding her two children, and she doesn't look happy. 
Now, after all of this, many people will leave. So, like, we're sort of done with talking about El Coco and the or- origins of, uh, like, the supernatural lore origins. Cool. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't Very that terrifying? Cool. Yeah. That is spooky isn't as fuck. Isn't that spooky as fuck? I love Goya's stuff. He's he's probably, like, my favorite. Like, I, I know Goya, and when I see a painting by him, I'm like, that's a Goya painting. I do really like Goya. I'm not really big into art like that, but I do like Goya shit. Also, if you just type in um, Goya and Coco, the um, a coconut br- milk brand pops up. Oh, love <laughs> it. It's, it's, a, it's a really good. I do good... know that. I actually have eaten, yeah. It's a really good coconut I, milk brand. I love that. That was extremely coincidental. Their full fat coconut milk is real good <laughs> to make a vegan chocolate chip cookies out of. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by. <laughs> no, it is not. Sponsored by Goya coconut milk. They're like, no, it's They're not. Like, Hell no, bitch. <laughs> so. After all this stuff about uh, El Coco and the legends of it, let's get into a real-life crazy event that happened that has inspired El Coco and sort of re-scared the entire Latin America, especially Spain, into believing in El Coco. I already believe it. Okay, so uh, after all this, many people believe that the true origins of the modern-day El Coco come from a real-life murder that took place in Spanish... To- <laughs> <laughs> it was in Spanish. <laughs> These people were speaking Spanish as he was getting murdered. It was crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so it's a real-life murder that took place in the Spanish municipality of Gador in 1910. This is commonly referred to as the crime of Gador. Ooh, ooh so, that's a fucking that's I, a badass. I know, it's a cool the badass crime name. Of like Gador just carries so much weight to right. it. It's Gador. cool. So, at the time it is believed that drinking or at the at that time it was believed that drinking the blood of a human child and using their body flat fat as a cataplasm was a remedy for tuber- tuberculosis. Okay. So a cataplasm, I lo- had to look that up, is a soft, moist mass, <laughs> <laughs> often heated and, med- and medicated, that is spread on cloth and placed over the skin to, sh- to treat an aching, inflamed, or painful part of the body, such as a cut or a bruise so or they, a So they're rash. melting babies to... Yeah. <laughs> they they melted motherfucking babies yeah. for your cuts. Here we go. Here Bitch, we go. Good. Thank God we have Neosporin. That's know, all I right? have to say. Thank, thank God we don't have to this murder babies. This episode is also brought to you <laughs> by Neosporin. <laughs> Otherwise, y- y'all be killing babies. <laughs> <laughs> so, Francisco Ortega had recently you have to remember these people and I'm going to try and help and refer back, but we need it gets a little it gets a little people heavy, but we need it you need to follow through. Okay? We need note cards. <laughs> so, Francis, Francisco Ortega had recently been diagnosed with tuberculosis and was desperately seeking a cure. So Francisco uh, Ortega, because there are two Franciscos. Both last name Ortega? <laughs> no. So one is Ortega and one is Leona. Okay, Ortega, uh, so Ortega has or, or, tuberculosis. Yeah, Ortega has tuberculosis, and then Francisco Leona is going to come in in a second. Okay? okay, so I won't even say Francisco anymore. Okay, okay. I'll just say Ortega. Yes. So Ortega has tuberculosis. So he goes to the local the local curadea, curadera uh, named Agustina Rodriguez. You don't need to know her that much, but like she's involved. So Ortega, who has tuberculosis, goes and vis- visits this white witch. You could say. Um, or like, uh, you know, or this like healer bruja uh, by the by the name of Agustina Rodriguez. So, who in turn sent for the barber and healer known as Francisco Leona. So Leona, so Leona, who all, who had a criminal record, agreed to cure Ortega in exchange for three hundred reales, which reales, the Spanish reales, 
um, was where you get the pieces of eight. So the most main form of currency is the silver piece of eight that you talk about in pirate lore and all yeah. that shit, which I had no idea. So I thought that was really cool. Get your nerd pasties on. Yeah, everybody. get your nerd pasties on. Get your pirate nerd pasties. <laughs> get my D&D. What do your pirate nerd pasties look like, Jenna? <laughs> you know, what do they not look like, really, though? <laughs> right. Mine just look like, hmm, that's an excellent question. What do my pirate nerd pasties look like? Yeah. Hmm. I think mine will kind of look like they'll, they'll be Blackbeard's face, right? Yes. And he'll have an eye patch on, but he'll also have nerdy glasses uh, on over the cute. eye patch. So my pirate nerd pasties is Kira Knightley yeah. with pimples and broken glasses on. Yes. And then there's just tentacles coming out around. Yes. It. Man, you're so much cooler <laughs> than mine. <laughs> we just, uh, Chris and I watched Pirates too uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, well, aren't you so pumped for the brand new Pirates movie with Margot Robbie? I actually really am. <laughs> don't uh, don't ask me that ironically. I sort of am. <laughs> Pirates is just so, it's so ri- wild love, to me. It's still going. I love it being so batshit crazy and over the top. I, I don't know why. It's just fun. It's Pirates. It's just a lot of it's mindless fun. <laughs> okay, so again, Ortega has TB, goes to a girl named Agustina Rodriguez, and she's like, I can't help you, but I know another but like bruja that, or brujo that can help you named Francisco Leona. So Leona, who has a criminal record, says, Hey, yo, Ortega, if you give me uh, 3,000 uh, pieces of pirate eight, um, then I will like, you know, help you out with this. So this is what happens. Leona. Uh, and Julio El Tonto, which is El Tonto. Uh, his name is Julio, but he's like in the story referred to as El, the Fool. Mm. So we'll just refer to him him as the Fool. Okay. So Leona gets this dude named Julio El Tonto Hernandez, who is the son of Agustina, the healer. So the son of the girl. He's like, hey, I need your son though to help me out to do this. So she's like, fine. He's a stupid bitch. Mm. So um, the Fool, um, uh, Julio, <laughs> goes with Leona. Um, and to find a child. So on the evening of June 27th in 1910 in Spain, uh, Leona kidnaps a, ga- a a kid by the name of Bernardo Gonzalez pa- uh, Parra, um, a seven-year-old, and then drugged him with chloroform and put him, literally put him in a sack. So if you refer back to one of the alternative names to uh, El Coco is the sack man. So Ooh. Viejo del Saco. So the old sack man or El Saco man. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> spooky. Spooks, Poor spooks. Bernardo. He's gone now. You know what's so shitty for Bernardo? is like, you know that night his mom sang to him that whole little nursery rhyme. Be like, go to bed. Or like, oh my God. El Coco's going to get you. <sighs> Good night. Love you. This is you. like the opening of the movie. It's <laughs> him then, getting stolen. And then the fuck. kid, like El Coco's fucking real. And he gets the kid. The kid's like, what the like, fuck? Bah. He's like, this wasn't just a thing. This was real. This would totally be the opening of a movie. So they basically put him in the sack and they drug him and then they take him away. So after he was removed from the sack and it was extremely, you know, he's like super dazed because he just woke up from being chloroformed. Bernardo, this is intense. Bernardo, the little seven-year-old boy, was stabbed in the heart by Leona, uh, who is the like brujo that the girl went to to get. And uh, Ortega mixed his blood Oh, sorry. Leona is in Ortega, which is the guy who is sick with TB, mixed his blood with sugar and drank it. After that, they took the boy to a place known as Las Posillas, where Leona killed him, crushing his skull with a rock. Then he extracted fat and mesentery 
which mesentery is a sort of dividing because you you sort of have different cavities inside of Ugh. your uh, chest, uh, separating your chest from your abdomen. Ugh. And there is a, like, near your diaphragm or something like that. I, I looked this up, like, three weeks ago. because I, So I could – I'm not exactly correct, but I'm sort of correct. Um, it's, it's, it is considered an organ. Um, so it's like a thing of tissue that just keeps helping separate your two cavities. Gross. <laughs> Some shit like that. So like, a doctor's like, no, incorrect, no. They're like, uh, opposite, absolutely wrong. They're like, no, actually, it's your third anus. <laughs> they're like, please, don't be a doctor. <laughs> you, like, go to medical school. You're like, so when are we, like, removing like, this shit? So, like, where the fuck is the mesentery? I want to make a fucking cytoplasm. <laughs> I want to cure TB. I want to cure TB with this mesothelioma, whatever you just called it. And they're so, like, TB's cured. <laughs> <laughs> like, TB's over with. TB's over with, um, bitch. It's, it's about corona right now. <laughs> um, so they extracted fat and mesentery to make a, comp- uh, a compress to apply to or take basically what I explained earlier, that c- cataplasm. Yeah. Uh, they made a cataplasm. Uh, to apply to Ortega, the sick dude's chest. Ugh. To finish the ritual, Bernardo's body was concealed in a crevice, but unburied. Uh, and it was just covered with herbs and stones. Just literally out in El Campo. Like, That's, out in the boonies. This is the most, like, witchcraft shit I've ever cr- heard. Yeah, this is literal, like, modern-day witchcraft. This is, like, movie movie level. Yeah, this happened 100 years ago, guys. Um, when distributing the actual uh, money, Ortega... Uh, paid him for his services. The healer Leona tried to f- tried to trick him, but failed. Um, realizing Leona's intentions, El Tonto told the Silver Guard that he had seen the body of a child while he was ch- chasing partridges. So he made up a story, and El Tonto was like, "Oh yeah, I was like chasing partridges and like saw this body uh, to get the police involved." Uh, when law enforcement officers arrived, the people of Gador turned Leona over to them, as he was already known for his illegal occult practices because he has done shit like this before oh fuck yeah so during uh like stuff that happened to court leona indicted el tonto and then vice versa finally after multiple excuses both confessed to the crime and most of these perpetrators that i mentioned were executed by hanging whereas leona who was the um brujo yeah um he was sentenced to death by uh garote uh, but died in prison. I actually forgot what Grote was. I looked it up and then I, oh, I remember now. Uh, it's a weird like looking torture device where you basically it, it traditionally or at least the last times that it was used is you basically sat in a chair with the device around your neck and then they cranked a <gasps> wheel that would close around your neck until you were until you choked until you oh died. My God. Yeah, just like choke me. And they publicly did this. It was a form of execution. Jesus Lord. Yeah. So that happened to him. Um, because he like got a, he was able to convince everybody that we, he was insane, and then this is what gave rise to the legend of El Toto, El, El Coco, being referred to as El Hombre del Saco or El Sacman. Yeah, isn't that cool? Isn't that fun? That's like cool. true crime twist at the end. Yeah, there? that is. Yeah. So yeah, that's El Coco, and the various origins of El Coco. Yes. There you go. Well, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, man. So, anyways, Chana. How's your sex life? My sex life is good. Um, what have I been doing this past? Oh, I guess it's been two weeks since we last recorded. Because yeah. last week I was sick as fuck. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. We had like a river party. We need to talk about that. That was super fun. <gasps> yeah, we had a fun little river party. Um, So we went and floated, float the river 
in Logan, Utah. Yeah. And, or, or like, well, Franklin, in, Idaho or something. Uh, Idaho, like the southern Idaho. Yeah. It was super, so, so much fun. We did it for, like, oh, three hours. so much fun. Got drunk as fuck. But, um, yeah, I ended up screen vomiting for, like, two and a half, day, two and a half, three days after. Nice. Because I got so drunk and so dehydrated and so, like. We were, like, literally drinking for, like, six hours straight. In the sun. And then took an hour break. Oh, well, that's not true because people had to drive. We, like, drank. But I didn't have to drive. Well, that's true because you flipped through for, like, three hours. So, like, we started drinking an hour before. We had some people drive us up and drop us off and then floated for three hours. So we were probably all drinking for, like, two or three hours straight, then took, like, a two-hour break, got home, and then drank had a barbecue and drank for another four hours. Yeah. <laughs> in the sun. No no water. I literally did not consume one one even taste of water. <laughs> so I was so dehydrated and, like, fried from the sun, and all I did was drink a variety of alcohol that I was sick yes. for days. I'm, I'm, like, sick as fuck. It sucked. So that's why we couldn't record last week when we had to release the bonus instead because I was like literally vomiting for four days straight. It was nice. super fun. Other than that, just worked a bunch, you know, doing what I normally do. Work, 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 work cuddle work. Simone. We had a fun uh, 4th of July as yeah. well. We had a little barbecue here at my place and everyone witnessed Simone on Xanax. So that was fun. Very oh, sad. So sad. It was a little sad. She was a little, she was a little like, Hey. Yeah. yeah. Poor little girl needs Zannies just like her mommy. Yeah. So sad. So sad. Well, Corey, how has your sex life been? Um, yeah, I don't like what was the last thing that that like we had the same weekends. We did. And then the same weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we worked. Is there anything different that I might have done? I don't know. Did, have you seen any fun movies? Um, we've no, I actually haven't watched that many movies in the past two weeks. Like really, I've, I haven't watched that much. We watched like some james bond films some uh, 70s james bond films with roger moore those were fun Uh, they're actually pretty shitty and then they get good again (laughs) there's like three in a row that were like shitty as fuck because they're they were by the same director and writer duo but doesn't matter um oh and also sadly my uh mad max fury road got canceled oh yeah but then we another one popped up at a fat cats in saratoga springs really 20 minutes from our house are you gonna go we're going i already brought the tickets when is it (laughs) It's on. Oh, do y'all want to go? Yeah, it's 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 in Saratoga Springs. Yeah, it'll so it'll be like a forty minute drive for y'all, or a thirty minute drive instead of like all the way to Salt Lake or all the way to North Salt Lake. But when is it? Um, we're going on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll see if my mom wants to do it. Okay, it's like at five thirty. Fun. But yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll check. I'm excited in with my mom. about that. Isn't Chris moving like that day? He's moving Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing else like crazy interesting it's moving. quarantine like yeah. it's covid but yeah the craziest thing is Corey's gonna be moving yeah i'm moving which is gonna be real be sad, sad. be very very sad but. and i'm excited for this weekend we'll, we'll have a fun weekend this weekend too yeah we got fourth of july was fun fourth of july it was, was nice super and chill fun. and fun very yeah. fun and then this weekend we're going to park city uh, to celebrate my birthday jordan's birthday and yes. Corey's last weekend in yes. utah we're just gonna pool party it up hold hands cry the whole thing you know do, do what we do what we do best yeah. So weird. This is the end of the episode. I'm so used to then going into Oh, I into, know. Like you do mine. So, I mean, I feel like I've done my thing because I have. But yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, anyways. House. Your. Sex. Life. Bye. Bye, guys. See you next week.